welcome to this episode of the Locked In Baseball Podcast, and um, I'd like to extend a, a welcome to a good friend of mine, uh, Aaron Sutton, who um, you know, who you know, I met while he was you know coaching up at Montana at Montana State in Billings, um, and he's attending a few of our you know recruiting events over the years, and he's just done a tremendous job there. But then now he's you know kind of taking this transition into professional baseball with the Minnesota Twins and. You know, Sut, I'm really excited to have you, and I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to be here. And just, uh, you know, if if you have, you know, any type of information that you can provide for us, I mean, it's it's extreme value for the people that we work with. But thanks again uh, for being here with us. Yeah, Joe, I'm, I'm excited to be on here, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to give me a call. I, I wish we were uh, hanging out on a beach in Hawaii getting ready to work at camp. Rather than talking over the phone, but I'll, I'll take this for today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could close our eyes and pretend. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I mean, Aaron, you know, you've you've done quite a bit in the game thus far. I mean, as a as a you know college coach, a head coach um, at a prominent Division two school, um, Division two program, and now making this you know where it seems like um, there are you know. There are there does seem to be a few more moves from college guys making the jump to professional baseball, right? So, but really, I just kind of wanted to you know see what you know your experience has been, um, the that transition, um, and how you know. Well, I mean, first we can talk about you know your background in baseball and what you've done there as a player and a coach, um, if you wouldn't mind talking about that for a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, I always tell people um, baseball is a great game, and, and it's been really, really good to me. And I've been very fortunate um, through my playing career and coaching career to uh, be impacted and um, built relationships with tremendous people. And um, it's truly amazing to, like, literally look back and pinch myself at times, like, that I have the opportunity to coach at the professional level. Because um, it started, you know, I was a small-town kid from Fruitland, Idaho. I mean, we had, like, a hundred kids in my graduating class. And, um, I got the opportunity to, to move on and, and play at a junior college and it's Treasure Valley Community College in a small town in Oregon. Um, two great years there at the junior college level and, um, chasing the division one dream, got the opportunity to play at Oregon State University, um, before finishing up my uh, career over at Western Oregon, which is a division two school. So, um, I think through my path as a player, um, I, my eyes were really open to the different levels of, of the game. Um, junior college, Division two, Division one. Um, the one common thing that I, that I always got to see was the game is the same at all levels. It might just be a little bit faster as you move up. Um, but I think that really set the framework for me moving into wanting to become a college baseball coach. And um, I was fortunate enough to, to get that opportunity uh, to coach back at my alma mater. I'm at a junior college. I was there for nine seasons, um, five years as an assistant, four years as a head coach. Um, and then I got the call to, to head to Billings, Montana, and um, spent three tremendous years out there and had a great administration, um, some great players, some great coaches that worked with me. And, in fact, my our, my head assistant coach in Billings, he ended up getting a job with the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, we both made the jump into professional baseball at the same time. And he, he's from Fruitland as well. So we, we talk pretty consistently. And um, I, I always tell him, man, we were over at the high school field the other day, and I was like, it's just unbelievable where we've come and where we're at now. And we're just very lucky and fortunate to be where we are. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've done quite a bit from the coaching, you know, on the coaching spectrum and, and um, you've had a tremendous career thus far. And, you know, I, I do like how 
you know, we talked about this a little bit off record about how, you know, the game doesn't change a whole lot. It just gets a little faster as you move up. But, um, and, you know, you reiterating that now, um, just kind of from a, and, you know, again, we talked about this too, about how, you know, sometimes players think there's some, you know, there's some, something different that's going to come along the way that's going to totally inspire them as to, you know, how they, uh, how the game is played at the next level, whatever that next level may be, because it's different for, you know, kind of everybody, you know, you have guys, you know, and I say this to the players that we work with, you know, if you're moving from youth baseball into the high school ranks, you know, you, you, your goal is to, you know, make the squad or, 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 you know, make the starting roster on your varsity team or something like that. And then or starting lineup on your, on your varsity team. And then from there, you know, you jump from, you know, to, you know, some guys jump to JC ball, some guys jump to division one or NAIA ball, you know, and then, you know, and then you have a few guys that their next level is professional baseball. So, um, you know, but, you know, through that whole kind of journey, you know, which is different for everybody, um, you know, and, you know, we talked about Fergus and how he spoke about, you know, spoke about this a little bit and how the game doesn't really change a whole lot from the fundamental aspect. The fundamental aspect, the game is the game. And so you always got to play that game the way you know how. Um, so just kind of to you know, for, on, in your perspective, I and mean, you touched on it a little bit, um, you know, what are, what are the differences though, between, you know, high school and JC ball or JC ball and, you know, division two baseball at, at Montana state buildings. And, you know, what's the difference between, you know, what are the, I mean, if there are any big differences between, you know, the, you know, playing competitively at that division two level and, you know, where you're at now in professional baseball, um, you know, what are those differences? If, if any, you know, I mean, we talked about the speed of the game, but other than that, I mean, is there anything notable that, you know, guys can, can, you know, take into account as they move up? I think, you know, when, when people look for, um, like the magic pill or the, the when the switch is going to come on, like I, I'm kind of old school in the fact that like nothing substitutes just rolling up your sleeves and getting work, you know, and, I think even from a young age, as you progress through, um, players and, and parents, they've, they've got to, they've got to find the passion for the game where it's, it's not a job to them that they truly enjoy getting in the cages and, and getting work in and getting extra work in outside of the games they're playing. Um, to me, that's always been like the separating factor for guys that do get that opportunity to move on to the next level, um, wherever that level may be for them. Um, because I, I, I truly believe that the guys that can really stick to that, that mentality of I'm trying to get better every single day. Um, and I love what I'm doing every single day. They're, they are where their feet are. They're not looking for that, that golden carrot or, um, the, maybe a program that's not maybe a great fit for them. Um, they end up getting to the level that they, they need to be at, but they also have the chance to succeed there. Um, and as they move through those levels, they're prepared for each one of those stops. And I think you get, you get different you get different things from each, each level from youth baseball to high school to college to professional baseball. Um, but like we said, like there's not a huge change in the fundamentals of the game. Um, obviously you see now today the analytics that are thrown into it and the data that's thrown into it. Um, to me, it's, it's still just verbiage. It's still, it's still just pieces of the puzzle that we can utilize to players in their development. Um, but it's not the all and be all. And I think for players, as they look at moving on to different levels, they can't get caught too far in, um, in, in that information as well. It's, it's just another tool to help them along their developmental process. 
Yeah. And, you know, touching on data and analytics, I mean, um, I forgot who I was speaking to the other day, um, had nothing to do with this podcast, but it was just about how, you know, they're, you know, we've always had the, you know, these points of data as far as, you know, in the game, um, you know, like exit velocity. Now we, we, you know, it's, it's called exit velocity, but 10 years ago it was just called, Hey, that guy has power, you know, like, or <laughs> that guy has pop, you know, there's, so now, you know, we, we, you have, I think we have these new terms and verbiage that kind of come into the game and, you know, it's like, um, players, you know, especially, you know, young, younger players, they, they think that this is a new thing, like, and it's not a new thing and it's not, you know, um, you know, or, you know, when you look from the pitcher standpoint, you know, and you say, oh, that guy has high spin rate, you know, and a heavy fastball. Well, I mean, back, you know, 10 years ago, we just said, oh, that was a heavy fastball or he's got depth in the breaking ball. You know, it just, you know, we just use different terms. It's not new. It's not new stuff. You know, it's just, these are just kind of numbers that, that, you know, that are, that we use as measurements to kind of validate what we already know. Um, you know, whether you're in scouting or recruiting or, or development, you kind of just know what's effective. You know, when a guy's going to be, you know, if a guy's throwing harder uh, on the mound, that he's going to be a little bit more effective up in the zone than a guy who's a little softer, you know, and a little bit more craftier, you know. So it's just, you know, this, these are things that the game, the game has always, you know, has they've all, it's always had these character traits. Now we're just giving them new, you know, giving these, you know, these new definitions to what these terms actually are. I shouldn't say new definitions, but we're giving them new labels. You know, what what these what these points of data are. And, um, it, I don't want to say it complicates, complicates things, um, in a way it kind of does, but it does it, all it really does is just, again, validate what we already know when we see a player, when you, when you're working with the player, um, and you'll see that, you know, as guys get older, I think, I do think the big, the big differences in, you know, professional baseball, you know, between college and professional baseball is just the physicality of the, of the athlete that's out there, you know, more, you know, more regularly, you're going to see guys throwing, you know, mid to high 90s. You know, more regularly, you're going to see the, you know, the ball leave the park, you know, on a, you know, on a, on, you know, with the guy taking a good swing. And even guys, when they don't take good swings, the ball's leaving the park sometimes. And that's just the physical nature of some of these players. They're just, you know, they're just different in that way, you know. Um, and yeah, you know, I think, go ahead. Go ahead. No, your turn. I was, I was going to say, I think you hit it right on the head as far as like what the numbers tell us and, I mean, it is just a reference point for us. And I, I think if, if young kids are, are diving into this in depth, um, it's a waste of time for them. You know, as you get older and you know who you are, like you, you said, as you become more physical and you start to have the skill set and you start to mature. And now we start to use this information um, to become the best version of yourself is the best way to use this information, you know, moving forward. But, I mean, if, if we got kids that are, nine, 10, 12 years old throwing up to Rapsido and taking their spin rates. I, I think that's kind of crazy. Um, where they just need to learn to throw strikes. I mean, when, uh, I think that's one thing I really like about the twins organization is that I think we're very uh, cutting edge at the forefront of some of this data anal- analytics, um, and using it, but also we keep things so simple. Hey, we got to throw strikes, man. We got to get ahead of, get ahead of hitters, three touch mentality, of the game. Like there's some commonalities there. Um, and throwing strikes, picking up the baseball, playing catch. You know, hitting the ball consistently hard. I mean, you do those things, I guess, if you have a good opportunity to go succeed in the game. Right. And, you know, that's a good point. And, um, you know, I've seen it even with, like, the, like our younger kids in our program. And, you know, you see them, you know, put their, you know, their their Rapsodo readings on, on, like, their Instagram page. I'm like, first of all, you're 11. Why do you have Instagram? 
Second, <laughs> you know, why do you, why are you, you know, paying the extra, however much money you want to pay for a lesson using Rapsodo or whatever one? Yeah. It should be just as simple as, you know, safely getting stronger, safely, you know, you know, getting, you know, getting your time in on the mound and just learning how to compete and throw strikes. And then, you know, as you physically mature, you know, you could focus on that a little bit, but even then you got to kind of pick, you know, pick and choose those points of data and what you want to focus on. Because a lot of the time, I mean, everybody wants to throw 90 miles an hour. I mean, the average player at the high school level is never going to do that. You know, so, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, what can you do then? You know, what, what kind of value do you bring to your team and how can you contribute to, to a win that day? You know, and a lot of times it's not going to be, you know, you're, you're not going to throw 90 miles an hour plus, you know, as a, as an average high school guy on the mound. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I decided of like, we play this game to compete. We play this game to win. We're not, we're not chasing metrics. We're not chasing what my average launch angle was for the day or what my spin rate was on my fastball. We're, we're chasing the W for our mm-hmm. team to go out there and compete together. And I think if we lo- we lose sight of that, um, that's going to be bad for the game because ultimately like, we want to be, we want to become better baseball players. We want player development. We want to develop as young men. Um, but to me, a big part of that is winning and, and building that team camaraderie and knowing what it takes to get it done when it matters the most. And, um, sometimes we lose sight of that as coaches and, and as players in our baseball community. Okay. And yeah, you're, I think you're 100% right. Um, to, so just to kind of get a little bit more specific, if, and just, because, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent here, but a little bit more specific for, like, a high school pitcher, right? If I'm a, if I'm the average guy and I'm, like, 82, 84 miles an hour, okay, what can I do to kind of stand out from, a, you know, just going back to your, you know, recruiting days, to stand out to to schools, um, and you know, because obviously my, you know, my velo isn't going to be something that, you know, I'm not going to light up the gun, so what can I do if I'm, you know, five foot 10, I live between 82, 84 miles an hour. Um, you know, what, what is, is there, is there anything I can do or am I just kind of like just, you know, SOL? No, I, I think that's the beauty of, of baseball is like everyone matures at, at different levels. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how many guys we recruited out of high school that were 82 to 84, five ten righties that end up graduating that are 88 to 90 you know, from the, mm-hmm. in the junior college level, moving on to a division one or guys at the division two level that are in the rotation as impact players. Um, so I think the guys that are in that range that are kind of in that like average, average Joe, like level, like that you, you can see this guy where you go Um, the way you take care of business, I think is just how do you handle yourself? Like before your start, like which, what's your demeanor, what's your preparation look like? Like, does this guy like show up with a purpose to get better today to compete for his teammates? Or does he just show up and roll the ball out there and that's why he's 82 to 84? Because if that guy to me is showing up and he's preparing and I, I could see that he's getting his work in through his, his stretch, his catch play, his bullpen work. And when he toes on, toes the rubber and gets out there and competes, does he pound the zone? Does he compete with every pitch? Does he carry himself in a good manner? Um, does he care about his teammates? I mean, all those things that I think those intangibles that, you know, we're looking for as coaches, that's what's going to get us to pull the trigger on that 82 to 84 guy. Cause Hey, this guy's 82 to 84, but he does every single thing right. He's a great teammate. He's a great student. Like, let's give that guy a chance and see what happens. And a lot of times those guys pan out and they end up being something special. Right. And I think that's the common misconception, especially I think, uh, I think parents influence uh, their kids a lot more than they realize when it comes to this, where they see and social media plays a huge role with guys, you know, at, you know, perfect game events and, 
and you know now you have PBR and you have you know you have Prospect Wire and you have all these tournament companies that you know they 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 utilize social media to pump up and hype up players that are just physically different than the vast majority you know and so everybody's trying to keep up with that you know with that you know facade I, I mean I call it a facade I guess but um, they're trying to keep up with this you know this unrealistic goal uh, of being that type of you know, guy, that type of player, um, you know, so, and that, that, that's on all sides of the baseball. That's on the defensive side. Like, yeah, okay. Make the plays. Doesn't mean you have to have a rocket for an arm to make every play, you know, or every play you're supposed to make. And it doesn't mean you have to run a six, you know, seven sixty to, to, to stand out as a, you know, as a, as a solid defensive outfield. And it doesn't mean you have to hit the ball 400 feet every time you get to the plate either. It's just, you know, what do you, what, what do you bring to the table that you can control? And, um, I th- you know, you touching on the preparation, I think that's something that's huge. You know, when you say guys, like pitchers that go out there and their catch play, you know, how they stretch, how they interact with their, pl- uh, their teammates, uh, all those things, obviously, you know, I think that those are big, those are, those are, and, and again, this is, I think why we started this podcast or why I started this podcast, because, you know, I, I want to show like, you know, your, the goals that, that players have for getting to the next level are completely realistic. If you just can, you know, take care of what you know how to do, you know, and, um, you know, being abnormally physically is not going to be in the cards for most guys. So, you know, can you throw, you know, a two Oh, can you throw a two Oh change up and be comfortable and compete, you know, there as a, you know, as a pitcher, can you, you know, can you get the guy over from second base as a hitter, you know, with no outs every time you come up to that situation, things like that, I think that are really, really big, you know, and that, you know, we, that, the, the light doesn't get shined on those aspects of the game enough uh, for the average talent, uh, the average player with the average talent, you know? So I think, and it's tough because of the world we live in, like, like you stated, like social media and the attention that um, the top players get. And, and trust me, like as coaches, do we want those top players? No question. Do those guys get a little bit more leeway? No question. And if people tell you they don't, like they're lying to the teeth. Like, if you see a guy that's 6'3 and he's throwing 92 miles an hour, like, it's, it's different. They, they get different attention. But at the end of the day, as, as a player, if you have the average skill set, but you're willing to put the work in, you're willing to stay in your own bubble, control what you can control, work on the things you know that are going to help you become better. What I found is sometimes when those guys, it does click because they've had to put themselves in good positions to succeed because they haven't had the talent that others have had. When they get the talent, man, those guys are special and they're, and they're special players. And um, I can't I can tell you as a coach, like when you see those guys, when it does click for them and they do make that next jump, um, those are the ones that you truly, truly enjoy, like being around. And a lot of times those guys end up becoming coaches because they've had to analyze the game through a different lens that hasn't been easy for them. Um, and they end up moving on and becoming tremendous baseball minds because they've had to try to take every inch and move it in their, in their favor. Right. And, you know, I mean, shoot, I mean, you haven't really even gotten to get started in, in you know, with this season yet. Um, did, you, did you guys even start spring training over there? Or did you guys get a chance to get out there for spring training? Or Yeah, we, we got going for about a month. Um, uh-huh. We had about a month of spring training. And um, the Major League Club was obviously playing games already. And then I think the next week we were going to fire up games against other organizations. And then we got the call. And uh-huh. I mean, it was a matter of two days of meetings before they were like, all right, we're sending you home. So it happened pretty <laughs> quick for all of us. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I mean, this, and this whole, you know, this whole thing we're going through, you know, this whole, I call it a funk, I guess, you know, that we're all in. Um, so 
from a organizational standpoint with Minnesota, um, have you guys taken any active roles into getting your guys work or is this something that's completely on them? Like the, the, the players that is, is this something where, you know, they go, they all went home. Right. And so they all got to take care of themselves or is there some type of organizational like interaction between, you know, the club and, and the players that kind of, you know, help keep them ready, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing I, I really liked was that when, when it hit the fan, like we had a plan and um, communication has been crucial for us with, with the players and the staff. And we, I think everyone's gotten real comfortable using Zoom. Um, we've had a ton of Zoom calls. Um, one thing I think that's been nice for us with our players, we've had time to be able to sit down with each guy and, and run through their, their player development plans. What this is what it's going to look like. Our process is once the season starts back up. Um, we're really big on getting feedback from them, like get them getting ownership and their development as well. So it gives them time to kind of go through everything and, and add what they like, they don't like. And I, I, I truly believe we have great plans once we get going again. Now it's just a matter of when we get to get back out on the field. So um, I think we've really tried to utilize this time to, to communicate how we're going to get guys better. Um, and then also get to know the people on a personal level. You know, I, there's, 200 people running around at spring training and you don't get the chance to sit down with each guy and have a conversation. And um, this has really opened up the lines for us as, as coaches to text message, phone call, video conference with guys and they are getting work in um, just to get on their, their level and see where they're at. Cause they're all on different levels. I mean, we've got, we've got guys hitting off their top porch in Venezuela into a net <laughs> and we've got guys that have access to a hitting facility. So it's, it's, it varies for each guy and each one is, you know, obviously chomping at the bit to, to get out there and get better, even to the point where some of them have sent us videos of their wife throwing them front toss with <laughs> wiffle balls. So you get a good laugh out of it. But at the end, it's like we were kind of talking about when we first jumped on this call was like, this is an opportunity for some of us to, to get better at something, to pick up a new skill set. I mean, you're, you're jumping on this podcast. A lot of guys sit on their butt. And I think that's one thing we've tried to reiterate with our players is like, when we come out of this, like who, who are the players that are going to be that, are in shape, ready to go, and what organizations were, you know, proactive and trying to find ways to get better and uh, and feel confident about that going into the season if, if we get one. Yeah. I mean, how promising does that seem right now, by the way, getting into the season this year? For my you, you, you're asking the wrong guy. You're asking the <laughs> wrong guy. We, we don't get much information. You know, it's, hey, just, just be prepared, be ready to go. And, I mean, obviously, we're, we're taking care of the big league staff and the big league players, and those are the most important guys as of right now. And, um, hopefully we can get those guys going and hopefully minor league baseball will follow suit, you know, um, once we kind of get settled in with the, with the big dogs. Yeah. And I hope, I hope that, you know, something pans out for, for the MLB, um, this year. And cause everybody's just kind of, I think, you know, the game all the way down to the youth level is just, you know, our all eyes are on, you know, major league baseball and what, what the next move is, because if, you know, if it can be played, if the game can be played at that level, you know, people are going to start getting comfortable. I think that, you know, um, teams, you know, or players and parents are going to get comfortable with being able to go back out there too, without having to worry about, am I going to die? <laughs> like, you know, right. contracting a, you know, a, a, a virus. That's just like, I, I, to me, this whole thing is, I, I almost, it doesn't even feel real like we're in, we're going through these times right now, but um, I just, you know, that's really to me, like if major league baseball gets going and obviously the minor league baseball eventually follows suit, 
um, you know, all the other, you know, all the other lower levels of baseball, college, you know, high school, all that stuff, you know, um, will eventually follow, uh, soon after. So, um, yeah, it's just unbelievable what we've had, what we have to endure these days as a society. Um, yeah. I know the first world problems, you know, worried about sports right. and all that, but I right. think, uh, one of our, one of our, uh, senior advisors, he, he's a tremendous baseball mind. He said, Hey, you know, baseball, Baseball saved our country more than once, and he kind of referenced back to 9/11 and how special that was. And he said, "Hey, once we get going again, man, baseball is going to save our country again. It's going to be really special." And um, I thought those those words stuck really strong with me. And, and hopefully, we get that opportunity to to help our country out again and get going again. But obviously, we got to do it in a, a safe, safe and responsible manner. So yeah. Well, you know, I really, you know, I really do want to. You know, thank you for for being on with me today. Um, I think that the value um, in the information that you provide is, you know, is you know priceless. To be honest, I mean, and everybody that's kind of been on here has just had a you know different and unique perspective of the game uh, coming from you know the walk of life that they've had in it, and um, you know just always you know getting on the phone with you whenever we do you know interact or or whenever we've had you out at, at events. I've always liked to hear what you you know, what you, um, what you think, you know, and what, you know, what's, what's going on inside, uh, Sutton's head, you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, I hope to have you on again at some point. Um, hopefully, you know, you're able to get back out on the field, um, this year. Um, I mean, I don't know how promising that is, but if it, you know, if it, if it happens, I mean, that's, that's awesome. If not, um, shoot, man, enjoy Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on, Joe. It's good to talk some baseball with some friends, and I think it's neat to, that you're doing this and you get different outlooks in the game of baseball. And it's, it's just like coaching. There's no one way to do it. We all have our own ways to do it. And, you know, it's just great to be able to have an opportunity to share some information and experiences that we've had through the game because God knows everything we've gotten. We've begged, borrowed, and stolen from someone before us. So it feels nice to be able to give back for once. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is a good opportunity to, to, to try to do that. So, but all right, Aaron, I really do, you know, I really do appreciate talking to you and the, and the time that you spend today. And um, for all the listeners out there, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. And, you know, if you've made it this far, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, leave a rating or a review on, on uh, iTunes. Uh, I don't think you can do it on Spotify. I don't think uh, some people have told me it's not possible, but if you find a way, uh, tell a friend about that. And um, until next time, we're signing off. Uh, have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Y no te me hagas, eh, que en cover de vivo tú has visto mi cara, eh, no salgo de tu mente, donde quiera que viajes has escuchado mi gente. Eh. Ya no soy high, high, soy como el testa rosa, soy el que se la vive y también el que la goza, 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 es la cosa, mami es la cosa, el que mira sufre y el que toca goza, goza, goza. I said I like it like that, I said I like it like that. I said I like it like that I said I like it like that I'm just looking to change